Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yesterday we were talking about, um, well, we, we ended up having a conversation about working and, uh, and a lot of people were texting us and saying, you know what, I apply for jobs and I get told I'm overqualified. And a lot of you texting in to say, yeah, when they say you're overqualified, that means you're too old. Um, and a lot of people saying, you know, I'm 50 years old and I got laid off and I'm trying to find a job. And, um, you know, a lot of people just won't, won't hire an old person. And you know what, we've, we've had conversations here on the air a few times about how the workforce is getting older. I mean, the demographics have shifted. We were told about it. We were warned for a really, really long time that, you know, the silver tsunami or whatever you want to call it, the baby boomers getting older, um, is going to happen. It's going to have a big impact on our society. Well, lo and behold, it's here. We're seeing it now. We have massive labor shortages. You know that. Uh, we've talked about that a million times. So maybe we need to start rethinking things here because people are living longer. They're working later. We need more people working. So it seems like maybe there's an opportunity there. So we're going to have a conversation about that now. We are going to chat with Linda Nazareth, who is the principal of Relentless Economics and a senior fellow for economics and population change at the McDonald laurier Institute. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Pleasure to be here. I mean, first and first, let's just define the parameters here. There's no doubt I mean, in North America specifically, but actually in many of the wealthy countries around the world, we're getting older, right? I mean, it's just that's just the fact of the matter here. Yeah, for sure. We have a median age in Canada above 40 now. I think we're probably up to 41, 42. In other parts of the world, they're still under 30, but uh, not really any of the developed countries. Right. So, yeah, for sure, we're just talking about... Older population, also an older workforce. You look at, you know, the 55 to 64s, it's at an all-time high. Okay. So, and those are people who are at or near retirement age, typically speaking. Now, we know that people are working longer, but, I mean, that's what we're facing. Uh, Like, 25% of our workforce, roughly, is at that age where they're either leaving or getting ready to leave, right? Yeah, I mean, traditionally that's been the case. Now, it is true, as you said, people are living longer. And on top of that, not everyone saved as much as they would like. And then the markets are all over the place. Inflation's cutting into investments and savings. So people are making different decisions because they perhaps want to work, but also because they feel like they need to. So when we're in a position where we've got a labor shortage, we've got a situation where a lot of people who are at that age, it's not like, you know, it used to be even 30, 40, 50 years ago, people live longer and work longer, right? I mean, that's a fact of the matter. We can keep people working beyond what we typically see as quote unquote retirement age. It doesn't always work out the way people want it to. Um, you know, I wrote about this for the Globe and Mail. There's a new paper out from the National Bureau of Economic Research. It does seem like there's a lot of jobs that older people would find attractive. They're not physically that taxing. Um, they fit in terms of flexibility. But it's not clear that older people are getting those jobs. Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about that. The jobs that, you know, if we're talking about age-specific or age-appropriate jobs, um, what, what would be some of the features for the older demographic, the people who might be thinking of leaving the workforce to keep them around? What kind of um, things are they looking for? They're really the same things everyone's looking for, right? Flexibility is a big one. We know you can work at home, so companies that allow that are pretty attractive. Uh, the ones that allow remote work, 
as well as in flexibility of hours. That's part of it. But also, you know, we're not looking at physically demanding yeah. jobs for older people, right? So that works out with the way the economy's developed. We've had lots of jobs in the service sector. Uh, they are typically office jobs. They're comfortable. So it's not like, you know, we're talking about people working in factories who are finding it really tough to do that and perhaps feel like they, they can't do it. A lot of the jobs we have now work for all ages. So the issue, though, as you say, it doesn't seem like um, the older workers are actually getting the jobs that might be more beneficial for them to have. Why not? What's happening there? Yeah, it's hard to say exactly what's happening. The paper I was referring to is the U.S., but they're finding, yes, we have all these growth and age-friendly jobs, but if you look at who has them, they're not necessarily older people. Women get them disproportionately, which makes sense. Most of the younger women have come into the workforce. Some older women, the two, um, college graduates have gotten those jobs, which makes sense as well. So the people who are kind of getting left out are uh, people without qualifications. A lot of men aren't qualified, but a lot of men have worked in other sectors like construction and manufacturing, and they're not necessarily lined up for the age-friendly jobs. But you know what? It comes down to what you said. There is ageism, that's for sure. Uh, whether it is fair or not fair, I think a lot of employers tend to look at, at younger workers as perhaps being the best choice. They'll be there longer. They are thought to be the most technologically literate. Um, yeah, it's really hard. Nobody would admit this, but it seems to be the case. I had a little trouble hearing there. I don't know if you moved the phone or something, but some of that was a little difficult to make out. But um, I I think I understand enough in terms of how can we fix that then? I mean, like I said off the top, it seems like there's a real opportunity that's presenting itself here, right? If we've got got a shrinking workforce and we're desperate to uh, have people hang around a little bit longer to help in some ways deal with that. And I mean, how do we sort of get around, like you say, some ageism, you know what, you're going to go with the more dynamic, the younger, the more, how do you sort, how do we bridge that gap, I guess, is the question. Yeah, it's a good question. It's not really a simple answer to it. I mean, the first part is that it probably would have been worse if we didn't have a labor shortage. If the unemployment rate was higher, you probably would have seen a worse situation. Um, I I think as you see different models of work in the next few years, perhaps more gig work, perhaps more project work, uh, you'll see an openness to hire workers of different ages, different backgrounds, because it really comes down to the work. Also, another thing is, um, for those who are interested in the platform, I don't mean like Uber or uh, you know, DoorDash or something, but I've shown platforms like Upwork and Freelancer.com where they hire people on project basis, a project basis. Nobody cares about age. They just absolutely care about your rating on your last job. And I think in general, that will bring more fairness to the workforce, not just between ages, but just in general, because it won't be about, you know, where did you graduate from? It'll be yeah. about how well can you do this project? Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Merit-based. Uh, Linda, I really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's Linda Nazareth, who is the principal of Relentless Economics and Senior Fellow of Economics and Population Change at McDonald Dory Institute. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.